Life Audio. Hey friend, do you ever feel like the busyness of life makes it hard to slow down and truly connect with Jesus? Do your priorities and passions feel jumbled and out of whack? Then join me this summer on my podcast, How to Study the Bible, as we dive into Spiritual Rhythms, a six-week series that will lead us through six spiritual rhythms to help us slow down and make space for Jesus in the busyness of everyday life. To guide us, I've put together a free downloadable six-week study available at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. The study will walk us through God's word as we learn to embrace daily practices that draw us closer to Jesus. Each week on the podcast, we'll walk through one spiritual rhythm that helps us discover how to spend intentional time with God, align our passions and balance our priorities, and make time and space for restfulness and celebration. Download Spiritual Rhythms for free today at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, and I'll see you on How to Say the Bible. Okay, welcome back to How to Say the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole, joined by Rev. Rachel once again. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. I want you guys to know that Rachel is up at a very early hour on the West Coast right now while we're recording, and that's how much she loves you guys because this is that much. Yeah, sacrifice. Love you all. Not a morning person, but I love you and Jesus. So here we are. (laughs) So we're going to ask God to really make this time very fruitful for the fact that you're not in your bed anymore. So. Guys, we are in this series on spiritual rhythms, and we're building this whole concept around the idea that as human beings, the right pace creates the right perspective, and that right perspective leads us to wisdom and peace. When we're connected to Christ, we can live out the Christian life. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So we're examining our lives for ways that we can create rhythms that help us connect with Christ, but also to look at rhythms that are already in our life that might be distracting or pulling us away from becoming the kind of people that we want to be as followers of Jesus. So we're going to do that today, but we're going to get into it because we always do. We're going to start from scripture, and then we're going to use that scripture to look at ways that this applies to our everyday life. So we're going to be in Mark chapter four today looking at a story of Jesus and his disciples. And then we're going to go on a wild ride of connecting this story to our modern life today, if you guys are ready. So Rev. Rachel, will you read Mark 4, this passage to us, and then we will get into our Bible study together. I'd be happy to. Let's do it. This is Mark 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, 
Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the winds and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the winds died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Okay. So guys, like we always do, and we're just inviting you into this practice, we're going to ask the question, what does it say? We really want to know, like we want to be able to repeat in our mind or sort of see the movie play out and look at the movie from different perspectives and different angles for what we see here. So we've got this moment, right? We've got Jesus with his friends. Jesus and his friends are in a boat. There's a squall, which I don't know if any of us have ever been in a squall. I mean, I've been in a boat where it's really just like two foot waves and I'm already feeling it. Like you, you know, you get going, you maybe just get swinging and you're like, wow, this, I feel like we could go over, you know? So we've got this big squall that comes and these waves are going over the boat. That's how like dramatically scary this is, right? And somehow Jesus is still sleeping through this time. So the disciples are like, get involved. <laughs> like, help us out. How have you and not heat? Yeah. Like, how do you not feel this? <laughs> this is crazy. So we've got all this going on, right? So I want you to engage and invite yourself into this moment. Imagine yourself as a disciple as this plays out. And it's always been interesting to me that a lot of these disciples were fishermen. So they're out on boats. It's yeah, not it's like, not they're, like they're, they're not sea wimps. <laughs> they yeah. They're not like boat novices who are like not sure what's happening. So, I mean, what that tells me is that it must have been like a really big storm, like not a small storm, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, the, even the language, I, I love the Gospel of Mark. It might be my favorite. You're probably not supposed to have favorites in the Gospels, but it's mine. It's, yeah, so it's like children. They, they're all your favorites for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, they're all your it's favorites. It's totally fine. Right. I, yeah, exactly. I say on this podcast all the time, now, this is really my favorite passage. And anyone who's been listening for a while is like, Nicole, you've said that a hundred and At least 47. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the late, so what's going to happen, you know, when we talk about backstory and context for a passage, the very next scene is going to be the Gerasene demoniac, where the demoniac runs to Jesus. Jesus sent the legion of demons out of him. Mm. And this is very deliberately teeing that up because when it was that Jesus got up and rebuked the wind. That's actually the same word that Jesus uses to handle demonic forces. And so mm. I love this passage because what we're going to see all throughout Mark is that Jesus brings peace out of chaos. Mm. Jesus brings peace out of chaos. And as we all say the whole time, like this is how God has worked the whole time. God is continuing to move to bring peace out of chaos. But this is a very, a very exciting, very nerve wracking moment in the lives of the disciples. They're losing their ever loving minds. And I love that Jesus just does what he does. I, I love that it says, don't you care if we drown? It wasn't yeah. even like, hey, can you help us out? Or like, excuse me, tap, tap. Jesus, do you feel what's happening right now? No, it was like this like panic, right? Like talk about chaos. They're obviously got to that panic point. And anyone who's listening to this podcast, man, have you experienced that panic point in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, I am so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. I'm so panicked. I don't know what's going to happen right now. And you, you, you're asking the question, Jesus, do you care? Do you care about where I am? Right? And we're, we're engaging in this this sort of view into the fact that Jesus has complete command over even the things that seem 
completely out of control, right? Command over the wind, command over the waves. And then we see in the next passage, command over the spiritual realm, right? Like the earthly realm, the spiritual realm. So Mark builds this idea all the way through that Jesus has command over all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like that's kind of the backstory of what's happening, right? So we finished the thing and Jesus is like, hey, do you have no faith, right? Which, what do you think about that? Like, it feels harsh, you know, when you read it. it You're like, harsh. Well, the boat, but the boat almost drowned. Like he was <laughs> sleeping in the boat, you know, like it's like, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I mean, how do you how do you read that that Jesus says that back to the disciples? It does, it does feel like well savage, but I think what we see and we see throughout the Gospel of Mark is that the disciples don't get it, and they they're not going to until the cross and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus has already been doing a bunch of cool stuff. It's not like this is his first miracle, right? This is not his first rodeo. Sure, but but the disciples respond the way that we always respond, which is, yeah, God could do, God did it back then, but that doesn't mean he's going to do it again. So what if he doesn't do it again, right? What if he does me hanging this time? And I think the disciples feel that, and I think we feel that, and that's what, what Jesus calls attention to. Yeah. Well, and also it's like so interesting to me, the timing. This is why I love digging into Bible study together and, and asking the question, what does it say? Because listen to what it says. Like they experience Jesus. They're, they're terrified, right? Obviously they're terrified they ask Jesus to help, right? He quiets the wind and the waves. And then in verse 41, it says they were terrified because of what Jesus did. So they went from being scared of the world, right? Scared of what's out there to actually this like reverent, like understanding of Jesus's power. And I think a lot of times we try to make fear go away when in reality, we need to place ourselves under the right control, Mm -hmm. right? Like if Jesus has this kind of control, it's almost like they're so taken aback by what he can actually do. And I think that sometimes is even missing in our lives right now. It's like we see Jesus as a friend. He's like our homeboy, you know, he's wise. We sometimes can miss his power and, and the fact that like he's got it and you can, you can have reverent like awe of who Jesus is because that's what happened to the disciples is like, they were like, oh my gosh, like, who is this guy? You know, I don't know if you've experienced that in your world, Rachel, where you have this moment of, of awe, but I think it's a little harder to come by. Um, which is going to get us into our practice of the, of the week. Yeah, there's but, a reason it's harder to come by. Yeah, yeah. So what what is it for you? Like, when when do you have that awe? Or, or can you think of a time for yourself that you've experienced that sort of reverent, like, God is in control? I think probably two places where that happens. One is part of why it is so healthy for human beings to be in nature is because there are a few things that really reorient our perspectives, like being a small, tiny human mm-hmm. in an expansive space of, of nature and recognizing how vulnerable and how we really are. Contrary yeah. to what our, our modern world has really tried to convince us that, that we are, in fact, all powerful ourselves. It doesn't take very long on the top of a mountain to recognize, oh, uh, if I don't get down here in 18 minutes, I'm going to be struck by lightning and die. So that, <laughs> not that that's a real story or anything. So that's, I think that's one space where I experienced that. But honestly, the other space where I, I've really felt that sense is in times of real crisis. Because I think there's something about vulnerability and crisis and danger where you recognize, oh my goodness, if Jesus does not do something, we are in big 
big trouble. And then when he does, and you're like, oh my goodness, who am I dealing with? (laughs) You're almost a little more freaked out than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, all through scripture, when people have encounters with God or God's angels or Jesus in his majesty, they're terrified. They like are overwhelmed. And I think part of like really flourishing as a human is understanding our size. That sounds counterintuitive. But to really flourish as a human is to have the humility to understand where we really belong in the world. And that opens us up, I think, to wonder and to awe and to the ability to be experiencing who God really is, right? So let's talk a little bit about like, what does this mean for us? Like, okay, we have Jesus calming the storm. We're not in boats. We're not in squalls. Jesus isn't sleeping on a cushion. So what is? how do we take this into modern life? And what are some practices that we could sort of apply coming out of this? Well, there's a lot you can take out of this passage, even if we're not in a boat. But for our purposes and what we're talking about this summer, I think that the, the same principle of this passage is what we deeply need in a particular corner of our lives that we're going to talk about. And that's that mm-hmm. Jesus brings peace out of chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus being, brings quiet and stillness that's powerful and substantive. But Jesus calms storms, metaphorical and spiritual and physical and all the storms. Mm-hmm. And especially in our digital lives, I think we could use a little bit of quiet and stillness and peace in yeah. a very, very chaotic digital world. Yes. So we're, we're going to actually give you that invitation to this week. So if that sounds good to you, oh, Jesus bringing peace out of chaos, Jesus calming the storm. One of the ways that we can engage with, am I setting myself up to experience Jesus's peace? is to ask ourselves, well, what does my everyday life look like, particularly when it comes to my digital rhythms? So we're inviting you right into the the place where it hurts and asking the question, how much are you scrolling? How much are you on your screens? Any screens of any kind? And it's not because technology in it of itself is a bad thing. We know that technology is what's connecting us right now. Rachel and I are on a video call connecting with you guys, all 30,000 of you, all of you, we're connecting, right? There's some beautiful things about it. But what the digital age has done is like numb us into like a place of constant distraction, where distraction is actually what feels like the norm. And we start losing the ability to not be distracted. Like, and you see it all the time. I mean, walk through an airport. It's bizarre. Like if you if you walked through an airport 25 years ago and today, and the phone, like just people are not connecting with one another. They're not connecting with the world around them. And we are, we all fall prey to that. This isn't us like shaking our fingers at anybody who's listening right now, nor should you be doing that to anyone else. This is more about like, hey, this is the world we live in and the world is rapidly changing, especially in this area. So you are as susceptible as anyone else to finding yourself numbed into distraction in a way that makes you continue to have a chaotic soul without the space to allow Jesus to come in and bring the kind of peace that he can. Now, it's not that Jesus can't master over anything. We know that, right? But Jesus is is a gentleman. I mean, God is is very invitational in nature. And that means that we have to place ourselves in a position to hear from him. And to do so often means looking at where are there spaces in my life where there is quiet or stillness of any kind? And how do I actually do that with my digital rhythm, like understanding my digital rhythms. So talk to us a little bit about what this looks like in college, you know, like, and how you kind of set this up. How did you kind of set this up with your students? 
Well, one thing that's very interesting is I didn't need to sell them on this. They already know okay. how how destructive vice grip that technology has on their lives in many ways. And again, it's not necessarily the te- technology itself that's the issue, but it's human beings. That's always been the issue, right? And so, so students recognize this. And I've often said, actually, in my, I feel like for most of my pastoral ministry, I'm just trying to teach people how to be Christian with an iPhone, which is actually very hard to do, <laughs> being a Christian <laughs> with an iPhone. Like, so, so what's one of the most wonderful things about college students is that when they decide they're going to go for something, they're all in. Mm. And so they really embrace this and said, we actually don't want this dictating our lives for a lot of reasons. For one thing, we know anxiety has gone up because yeah. of the, for a lot of reasons, right? The digital stimulation in your brain, the content you're absorbing. I mean, there's so many, so many things that, where this really just needs to be put in its place. And yeah. Annie Dillard, who's a, a really wonderful American writer, she she has this very indicting line that she, she says of how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. Hmm. And if you bring up your screen time on your phone of what the last day was, that should be a reality check for me, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody. Of, oh, my gosh. I spent four hours, five hours, six hours looking at my phone today. This is how I'm spending my life. And yeah. how do I want to invite Jesus into this space and to let him be Lord over this realm of my life, too, of mm-hmm. my digital life, and my social media mm-hmm. life? And let that be a corner of the kingdom of God and not something that just consumes my time and my energy, my attention and my anxiety right here. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And, you know, you know, obviously, like I'll put on my therapist hat right now and just invite everyone to the question. As you raise your awareness about what you're doing with your screens, ask yourself the question, what am I avoiding right now? Mm. A lot of what people use technology for outside of the goodness of whatever you're doing, like whatever you're using your work, whatever is to avoid. And we are taking what only Jesus can calm, what only he can heal, what only he can renovate. And we're actually avoiding it by distracting ourselves. So the place where Jesus could do the greatest work in your life, where you could experience the biggest miracles in your soul, the places of unforgiveness, the places of anxiety, of fear, of of lack of purpose, whatever that thing is for you right now, that thing that Jesus has command over is not commanded by your screen. And yet that's the thing we often use. So step one, I mean, certainly there are, and we put it in the the download, lots of options and kind of ways to consider small changes that you can make. My friend, Justin Early, who wrote the book, The Common Rule, he talks about scripture before phone. Like, what if you just said, I'm going to read the Bible before I pick up my phone? That's an example of a very, and you, you will see how difficult that is for you to do, you know, and engage with that. But I think asking yourself the question, okay, as I'm becoming more aware of what I'm doing, what do I tend to avoid? And this is a whole different podcast, which we will do some other time. But we have lost the ability to be sad, to lament, to grieve as part of our human experience. I think that's one of the things we try to avoid. So just pay attention. What am I avoiding? What is this doing for me? Well, I'm avoiding being bored. I'm avoiding being lonely. I'm avoiding, well, those are the places that the Holy Spirit can heal you and lead you. But you have to allow yourself to get uncomfortable. So that's the invitation is is to really examine what that is. We give you some great guidelines in the download, nicoleunis.com slash spiritual practices. You can go check that out. But Rachel, give us a, just a final word. Let's, let's have a final word of encouragement as we think about this idea of Jesus brings peace to chaos. I'm going to engage my digital rhythm. I'm going to make space. What am I going to find? What, what have you found in your own mm. story? I've found that God really does when we create space 
God receives that invitation. And mm. not only my own life, but we talked about in our first podcast about the Desert Fathers and Mothers who kind yeah. of got this whole this whole spiritual rhythm thing going back in the, the fourth century. And they would go and hide out in the desert, which I'm not saying we should all do. <laughs> I'm not saying if you need to burn your iPhone. But the reason they did that, it wasn't because they couldn't find God in the suburb or in the city. That wasn't the point. It's they just needed enough quiet to be able to hear him themselves in addition mm-hmm. to listening for the voice that, that would mm-hmm. change everything. Uh, they just needed a minute. And man, what God can do a lot with a little bit, he can do a lot with five minutes. Mm-hmm. And if if you I think just the rhythm of five minutes of quiet and peace in your life, unstimulated, God will multiply and bless that in a really meaningful way. Mm, God can do a little with, uh, uh, he can do a lot with a little. I love that. Wonderful takeaway. Thanks, Rach, for being with us again. We will talk with you guys next week for week three. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.